0: You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. It is National Signing Day, at least the early one. We'll run through a few big-time prospects whose decisions could have a huge impact on the SEC. Also, we will catch up with Locked On Bama host Luke Robinson to preview the SEC championship game between Alabama and Florida. We'll also get his thoughts on the Auburn coaching search. And lastly, we will go around the conference with tidbits around the league, including Kentucky making a new offensive coordinator hire. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. You'll get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day, five days a week. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots
2: out to the right. Makes the the handoff.
1: What a catch. Around the conference. We start at Auburn as news came out yesterday. I'll just read the press release. Auburn Athletics has identified a search firm and advisory group to assist with the search for the program's next head football coach. Director of Athletics Alan Green announced on Tuesday, Parker Executive Search Firm from Atlanta will assist the eight-member advisory group. The group includes Auburn alum, Auburn Athletic Administration, And football letter winners. Here are the members of the advisory group. You've got Alan Green, who's the AD. You've got Lieutenant General Ron Burgess, who's Executive Vice President of Auburn. You've got Dr. Beverly Marshall, who is Auburn Faculty Athletic Representative. And we've got Tim Jackson, Executive Associate AD. Bo Jackson, who we all know. Quentin Riggins, former letterman. Randy Campbell another letterman and michelle mckenna chief information officer it's a pretty good board there to come up with the plan but it is a little bit of a joke in a lot of people's eyes because they're sitting here going you know what was the big talk over the weekend ah oh, auburn's not firing gus unless they got their guy unless they know who they're gonna hire and now you put together a search firm and advisory group it's just a little weird man just considering you know when the last 48 hours, we've heard Kevin Steele's name emerging as one of the favorites. Like, what are we doing? What are you doing at Auburn? If you're going to move on from Gus Melzahn, it feels like it should have been a splash higher. And so far, it doesn't seem like they're going to have that craziness at Auburn. Over at Kentucky, they announced the hiring of Liam Cohen, who will be the new offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. He comes over from the Los Angeles Rams. A lot of people at the NFL level are really high on him. Good promotion for him to come over to the college ranks. Mark Stoops released a statement. He said he will bring an exciting style of football, attacking all areas of the field, a style that will be exciting for players to play and for fans to watch. Cohen is currently in his third year with the Rams, but this is his first as the assistant quarterback's coach after spending two seasons in as the assistant wide receivers coach but this year he's worked alongside Kevin O'Connell to help develop Jared Goff among their other quarterbacks Sean McVay the head coach credited Cohen for the job he's done with Jared Goff this year improving his mechanics and footwork in the pocket here's a little bit from Mark Stoops on Liam Cohen he obviously has a lot of input uh does a lot with their third down that that they're very good at and um Again, just talking with uh,
0: with him and uh, so many people that I respect in the business,
1: um, you know, told me that he, that he was qualified for this. And my visit with him kind of sealed the deal. So there you go, Mark Stoops, excited about the hiring of Liam Cohen. It will be fun to uh, see what kind of NFL wrinkles maybe he brings to the Kentucky offense moving forward. Some other tidbits around the conference floor to DC. Todd Grantham said yesterday they need Marco Wilson to bounce back this week against Alabama, put last week's shoe-throwing incident behind him. Grantham also compared Alabama to the 2019 LSU football team and said they're one of the most dynamic offenses he has had the opportunity to face. Good news over at Mississippi State. Their senior safety C.J. Morgan announced last night that he plans on coming back to school next season. That is huge for our Bulldogs Secondary that is going to lose a lot to opt-outs and everything else. So big news there for state fans. C.J. Morgan coming back. Arkansas, they picked up a transfer from Penn State in defensive back Trent Gordon. He was a redshirt sophomore and appeared in four games this season before leaving the program. He played in 10 games as a redshirt freshman. So solid addition for Coach Sam Pittman heading into next year. Or at LSU, their safety Jacoby Stevens confirmed that this Saturday against Ole Miss will be his last game with the Tigers. Remember, LSU opted out of a bowl game this year, so they will not be playing in one of those. But uh, Jacoby Stevens will enter the NFL draft after this game. Not that we expected him to come back another season, but it's now confirmed. He is second on the team of tackles, has been a big part of. When that defense has played well, Jacoby Stevens has been a big part of that. So uh, wish him the best of luck at the next level. Latest bowl projections from The Athletic have Alabama taking on Notre Dame in the Sugar Bowl semifinal. I think that's no surprise there. Here's what they have with the rest of the conference. They have Florida against Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. Georgia versus Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl. Texas A&M against North Carolina in the Orange Bowl. Auburn versus Northwestern in the Citrus Bowl. Some of the other ones, Mizzou versus Iowa in the Outback. Ole Miss versus NC State in the Gator Bowl. Arkansas TCU in the Texas Bowl, Tennessee against Oakey State in the Liberty Bowl, and the last one's Mississippi State against Washington in the Armed Forces Bowl, and Kentucky versus Penn State in the Music City Bowl. Just a few thoughts. Kentucky just played Penn State two years ago in the Citrus Bowl, so that would be very uh, lackluster to face a team you just faced two years ago. Uh, Mike Leach versus Washington would be fun, just because Leach came from Washington State, so... Still a little bit of a rivalry there. I saw this. It's been over 30 years since the Vols have been to the Liberty Bowl, so that would be a little intriguing just for their fan base to be able to follow the team there. Georgia, they've not been to the Peach Bowl since 2006. If my research is correct, the Aggies haven't been to the Orange Bowl since 1944, so that would be huge for them. Uh, Auburn last played Northwestern in a bowl game. It felt like it wasn't that long ago, but it was 10 years ago in the Outback Bowl, so... I get to see a rematch of that one. And then Florida against Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl would be fun. That would be a rematch of the 08 BCS championship game between the two schools. So there you have it. That is around the conference. We'll touch on a little bit in signing day, what to expect today, at least uh, some of the big names that will help alter what's going on in the SEC for signing day. We'll talk about that coming up in segment three also want to let you guys know we got a really cool podcast that is about to launch, part of the Locked On Network. It's called Locked On Bets. They're partnering with betonline.ag. They will give you day-to-day betting odds, what to bet on going into the weekend. So go check them out. Subscribe now. You will get the latest betting advice you need at Locked On Bets. When we return, we're going to preview the SEC Championship game with Locked On Bama host Luke Robinson, and also we'll get his thoughts on the Auburn coaching search as well. That's next. Middle of the week, that means you got to start thinking about your plans for the weekend. That means stocking up on plenty of Coors Light. It's the way to go, it's the way to do. It's the last full weekend of college football. Oh, it sucks, but it's also going to be glorious and awesome. Let's go down in a blazing flame of glory. Have some fun and do so while you're drinking some ice cold Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that no matter what you're watching, Saturdays are your time to chill. It's mountain cold refreshment time, cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged. That's Coors Light. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for any moment to unwind. It is literally the beer that is made to chill. So when you want to hit the reset button, choose the beer that I choose to unwind, and that is Coors Light. You can get them in their new-look cans delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And when you do so, please remember to celebrate responsibly. They're Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Quick minute here for our friends at Built Bar. We tell you all the time, Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. You guys need to stop uh, eating those chalky protein bars that you find at the gas station. Make a better decision. Go get Built Bar. Check them out at their website, builtbar.com. 18 amazing flavors, six new ones, including the cookies and cream, which is my favorite. They are for the health-conscious person. Or if you're just looking to maintain weight or indulge in a delicious treat, the Cookies of Cream, like I mentioned, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs. They are the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Check them out, would you, right now? BuiltBar.com. Head on their website. You can check out their variety packs they have, or if you just know what flavor you want, you can pick one right now. But when you, you go to checkout before you hit that little checkout button and you put your credit card in, make sure you put the promo code locked on in there. L-O-C-K-E-D, you'll get twenty percent off your next order. Use the promo code locked on for twenty percent off at builtbar.com. Tomorrow on the show, you don't want to miss it. We're going to get the Florida perspective on the SEC Championship game with Zach Goodall, host of Locked on Gators. And we'll also catch up with Chris Stewart, who filled in for Eli Gold last weekend on the Alabama Radio Network. That's tomorrow on Locked on SEC. We're all along here, Locked on SEC, and so much to discuss I wanted to spend a, a good portion of today's show actually focusing on the game that's going to happen on Saturday, the SEC Championship game, and I want to get the, the Florida perspective and, of course, the Alabama perspective. And join us now to talk the Alabama perspective of things is our buddy Luke Robinson, host of Locked on Bama. But, Luke, before I even get into anything regarding the Crimson Tide, i got to get your thoughts on Auburn. What was your reaction when you heard Sunday that Gus Malzahn had been let go following a 6-4 and four season?
2: Well, I'll tell you, you know, I live in Alexander City, Alabama, which is very close to Auburn country, and uh, so I feel like sometimes I have a pretty good finger on the pulse of what's happening over there and the mood of the fan base. And I think it had come down to a thing where if it must be done eventually, it must be done immediately. Uh, Look, we had a large enough sample size with Gus Malzahn to know what he was, right? I mean, he's going to lose four games a year, come hell or high water. That's just the way it's going to work. And I think that um, the fans realized that, and they started voicing their displeasure. And it wasn't necessarily any one thing. Um, But I would say if he had beaten South Carolina this year, I think everybody could stomach another year. Uh, But to find a way to lose to that game, uh, a program that also fired their coach, I think that that was just the straw that broke the camel's back. And then on top of that, the way recruiting is going for Auburn right now, which, you know, they had a bunch of guys in the state of Alabama that they thought they had a good shot at in, uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry, uh, people like that. And uh, those guys ended up either committing to Alabama or committing somewhere else. Dylan Brooks down there, uh, very close to the Auburn area is, is, I think he grew up an Auburn fan and everybody thought he was a shoe-in for Auburn. Well, he's going to Tennessee. Um, so I think some fans just looked around and said, look, if we don't do something, the Alabamas and the Georgias and the LSUs, uh, depending on what happens at LSU, I guess, the Floridas, the Texas A&Ms, they're recruiting lights out. And if we don't do something to put a spark back into this program, we're not going to have the Jimmies and the Joes to um, to compete with those guys. And I think that's what it came down to. And, uh, yet yeah, I-, I can see how from the outside perspective folks would go, man, Gus Malzahn was pretty good. He beat Nick Saban three times. He he went to the SEC championship game twice, won it once, went to a national championship But, you know, a lot of that was back in 2013, Um, and 2013 was the anomaly. Everything else has been at least four losses a year, and I think that's what the fans finally got tired of.
1: The initial list, Luke, of names we heard out there was pretty pretty exciting if you're an Auburn fan. You know, you hear Steve Sarkeesian, you hear Hugh Freeze, you hear Mario Cristobal. I mean, those are some really big names that you think could, could be potentially an upgrade over Gus, and then the last twenty four hours or so, we start to hear there's a real chance that Kevin Steele could be the gu- the guy. I, I'm just scratching my head, going, why would you fire Gus to make Kevin Steele the head guy? Well, especially considering the fact, that look, I know it's been a long time since he's been a head coach, but nine and thirty six as a head coach doesn't exactly scream, you know, oh, we need to make this guy the head coach. I just, uh, what do you make of that? If Kevin Steele is indeed the guy to take over at Auburn.
2: Well, I think the only thing you can make of that is that he's going to be a stopgap to the next guy. And I think Auburn probably looked around. uh, I mean, look, if you're you're in the market for a coach right now, it's not exactly a banner year for coaches. I know that Urban Meyer technically is out there. Bob Stoops technically is out there. But, you know, both those guys seem like they're willing to just sort of hang it up. I mean, they've got plenty of money and pretty good gigs in their own right, so they, they may not be out there for the taking like some people think. And the other thing is, I think Sabin has ruined the market. You know, maybe Dabo to an extent too, where people think, hey, why can't we have a guy like that? Where well, there can only be one or two of those guys, and, and they already have pretty solid jobs. But in terms of Kevin Steele, um, wow, you know, Steele is very liked by that community. I can say that. He's a good man. There's no doubt. I think he would be uh, a really super guy still as a head coach. I don't know that he'd be a super head coach, though. And um, it, it's one of those things that maybe Auburn's trying to just keep this recruiting class together for as long as they can, try and do what they can, because a lot of they want to retain somebody like a Travis Williams, who's the linebacker coach that a lot of prospects seem to love. And the other thing is, are we sure, one hundred percent, that Hugh Freeze and and Mario Cristobal are better than Gus? <laughs> are, are we positive of that? I'm not sure that we are. I mean, Mario Cristobal just lost to Cal, didn't he? I mean, he he just lost to Oregon State, a team that he's vastly more talented than. So, and then Hugh Freeze, yeah, he's doing some good things at Liberty, but man, I don't know that he's even going to be allowed back in the SEC. To be honest with you, um, uh-huh. and that that you may have to sort of put an asterisk by that, saying, look, I don't know if the SEC can keep anybody from hiring him, but they can sure make your life miserable if you do hire him, and they don't want you to. So I think that, um, you know, and Hugh Freeze, look, everybody talks about the, the games he beat Nick Saban, and that's true. He did beat Nick Saban twice, and it was, they were two very close games, and one of them, Alabama, had five turnovers. so They did themselves no favors. But he also lost to Arkansas when, if he wins that game, they go to the SEC championship. He lost to Arkansas at home. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I just don't know uh, about an upgrade. I get wanting to try something new. Sometimes it's, you know, you, the devil you don't know versus the devil you do. Um, I know that's the reverse of that saying, but I think it works in this context. <laughs> and I think that uh, if if your uh, Gus Mile if, if your Gus on at, at Auburn and the Auburn fans are like, hey man, we just we need to try something new. I get that, but there's no guarantee it's going to be any better. Look, everybody pointed Mark Richt and. Uh, Kirby Smart, right? They're about the same guy. They have about the same record, but Georgia just needed an influx of energy, and Kirby Smart gave them that. And I and I think that they're they're happier right now. Even if Mark Richt had the same could have potentially had the same kind of record as Kirby Smart did. <laughs>
1: Look, uh, looking at the game this Saturday, I, I think it's easy to say Alabama fans are going to feel real confident in this game and feel good about their team and and all that. You know, just based on what Florida just did, laying an egg against LSU in a in a horrible upset at home. That said, let's take it from a perspective of what would concern you if you're an Alabama fan. What would you be concerned about in this game against Florida? Uh, I'm concerned.
2: Ah, uh, to some extent, that maybe LSU kicked over a hornet's nest. I mean, because now Florida's got nothing to lose, right? If they'd come into this game with, oh God, if we win this game, we're in the playoff for the first time ever. That's a lot of nerves to deal with, and now it's just sort of like, hey, we got nothing to lose. I mean, why should we even punt? I mean, let's just go for it. And um, I think that that's the one thing they'll come in there with a with an easiness of their minds. You know, the things will be. Uh, a a little bit more casual for them versus being incredibly tense. Now that being said, um you're still playing for an SEC championship so I guess that that means something. Um but and I do think Alabama's the better team. I don't I don't, I think Vegas agrees with me. It's a 17 point spread. Um and Florida's defense unless they got a lot better in the last 4 or 5 days um that that's Alabama's going to put up plenty of points. So yeah, I mean, as I said, on a uh, lockdown college football the other day look Alabama fans are notoriously hearing it right and it's not very warranted sometimes, but I think this year is a little bit more warranted because Alabama's pretty good.
1: Yeah, and, and there is also the part of it, you know, if they lose this game, they're probably still getting into the playoff. I don't, I wouldn't even say probably they 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 are in. I oh, yeah. think win or lose this game, so um, you know there is that part of it too. So the world is not collapsing, Bama fans. If you do happen to lose a a shootout where Dan Mullen pulls every trick play out of the book and you know leaves it all out there on the field. Uh, last thing for you, Luke. Where where would you give your Heisman vote right now? I I don't want to anytime I make this argument, it sounds like I'm putting down Mac Jones. And I don't mean to. You know, people keep calling him a game manager and all that. I think he's better than a game manager and he's had a great year. That said, I don't think looking at what he's done this year is Heisman level from a standpoint of he would be the first quarterback in Alabama history. To win the Heisman, like I think Devontae Smith is the best player in college football, and I think that sounds simplistic, but I think that's what it should be. Who's the best player in college football this year? It's Devontae Smith. He should be the Heisman winner. Okay,
2: I one hundred percent agree with you, and I and I don't take that as a slight at Mac Jones either. Um, he is definitely better than a game manager. And look, in, in any mock draft right now, he's either a first or early second round pick. You don't draft a game manager that early, right? So I think that he's well beyond a game manager. That being said, um, I'll tell you the truth. I thought Jalen Waddell was the best player in the country until he got hurt. <laughs> and now, oddly, it's Devontae Smith. And Devontae Smith just upped his game. And the thing about Devontae Smith, too, that should be the hook is that he, he's just such a good kid. I mean, he really is. He—he he, Look, he came into Alabama with Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy. And he was known as the, you know, he was the the afterthought. He was the Ringo star, you know. Um, so the other two are already in the NFL and they're doing pretty well. I wouldn't shock me at all if Devontae Smith, based on his work ethic alone, he uh, he has the best NFL career of all of them, and maybe even including Waddle. Um, he I would give him my vote. There's no doubt. But here's the thing: the Heisman is a quarterback award first, a quarterback award second, and then maybe a running back third. So. <laughs> I think that Matt Jones has a great chance to win it now because Trask, the, you know, the thing about Trask, I think he's a great quarterback, but let's also take into account some of his, he's thrown the ball a lot more than Jones and he has to play the whole game more often because his defense isn't as good. So, I mean, if Matt, if you you know, want to fudge the numbers here, you can say that Matt Jones, if he had played as much as Kyle Trask into the fourth quarters, then his numbers would be just as good. And, for all the people that say, "Well, he's got more weapons," I don't, let me tell you something. Kadarius Tony from down there in Mobile, Alabama, he's a he's a dude. Um, Kyle Pitts—that's that's the best tight end in the country. I mean, it's not like Florida is just working with nothing. They they are uh, they got some guys, man. And so, I would vote for Devontae Smith, but I think Mac Jones is going to win it.
1: He is Luke Robinson, a host of Locked On Bama. I guess you guys have a have a lot of stuff to talk about this week on your podcast. What do, what do you guys have?
2: You know, well, we're talking about the
1: game some. I mean, it's
2: so funny. We we played Arkansas this past week, and we barely even talked about it because it was just sort of a, you know, a blasé type of game. And since then, you know, Auburn's fired their coach. And, and look, Alabama can say what they want to, and we're our own entity and don't worry about them. But when Auburn fires a coach and they're in a coaching search, we're going to talk about that. So uh, we're talking about that a lot. We're talking about the game coming up. And, and the Heisman Trophy, of course, is a big thing. Look, Alabama's got a chance to win the Heisman, the uh, Doak Walker Award. The uh, the Litnikoff and the Joe Moore Award for best uh, offensive line along with the kicker award. I mean, there's a the chance that Will Reichert, who is third in the country, I think, in scoring or something like that, he, he hadn't missed a field goal or an extra point all year. How, how long has it been since Alabama had a 100% field goal kicker? He ought to get something just for
1: that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, as an LSU uh, alum, I'll just say everything gets an asterisk this year, this year Luke. Uh, we're, none of this really matters. None of this really counts if Alabama wins it all. But uh, Hey, the, let me say this about your asterisks okay? It it, gets an asterisk all right. You know why? Because this this year's been Tougher than any other year. No, <laughs> no you're he's right. Never
2: gone ten zero in the SEC before.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And look, you can say what you want about playing the the lower teams in the in the SEC. I guess you would say, but I mean, hey, that's better than playing the the citadel or you know one one of these you know yep. three other cupcakes that Alabama would have played. So no, you're absolutely right. You deserve all the credit for going undefeated in the SEC. It's something you never would have thought uh, could happen playing ten conference games. He is Luke Robinson locked on Bama. Luke, thanks so much. for for the time man all right buddy thank you all right thanks a lot luke robinson there locked on bama he is uh, does a great job over there with uh, with locked on bama and uh look it's gonna be an exciting game this weekend i just from from that perspective yes alabama does not like if they lose the game they're still going to the playoff i think i just think that what they've done all year um they building the resume it would be a real tough pill to swallow though for florida if you bust through you find a way to beat bama and win the sec championship but you don't get into the playoff because you have two losses all because of you threw a shoe <laughs> against lsu and just be a really really tough pill. I mean honestly like look at it. the uh, florida is not undefeated right now because one they fumbled the ball at midfield in that tie game against florida uh, against AM in college station they were probably going to go down and at least kick the game winning field goal on that one. And then against LSU, Marco Wilson, personal follow and sportsmanlike conduct, throws a shoe and gives LSU a first down to go and kick their game-winning field goal. You are that close, Florida, to being undefeated right now. That's a really tough pill to swallow. More to come after this Locked on SEC. Tomorrow is Crossover Thursday all across the Locked On NFL Network of podcasts. Crossover Thursday, a great way to get a great quick breakdown of every game for your fantasy team or your parlay. Crossover Thursday is only on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, the early signing period is here today and it's been a weird disjointed recruiting cycle that will come to an end for a lot of college football prospects across the country this year's early signing period. It kind of feels like less of a big event than in years past because we still got games going on. We've got conference championships this weekend. we got coaches being hired and fired, but there still could be some big surprises. So I want to run through a few of the prospects who could have a big bearing on some of the SEC teams. We'll start first with five-star defensive end Corey Foreman out of California, he is the number 1 overall player in the 2021 class. He was originally going to make his announcement today, but now he will uh, wait to announce it between uh, LSU, Clemson, USC, Arizona State, and Georgia on January 2nd. Foreman tweeted out that he plans to sign today, but he's going to keep the decision quiet until January 2nd when he will publicly announce his college choice during the All-American Bowl on NBC. Last week, we caught up with Sam Spiegelman of Rivals.com. Here's what he had to say on Corey Foreman.
0: Corey, I believe, is coming off a visit to Clemson. Um, Since he decommitted from Clemson, USC has been a team with a lot of buzz. And of course, LSU, Alabama, Georgia are also thrown into the mix because he and Mason Smith are very close friends, uh, dating back to being underclassmen at these recruiting events, you know, obviously pre-COVID. And they have they visited Georgia together. They visited LSU together. Uh, Foreman was supposed to be back at LSU for the Alabama game. He was not there, uh, but he was at Clemson. And you know, and now it's all eyes on these two as a uh, as a decision years.
1: As Sam references there, these two. The other guy, Mason Smith. Some recruiting services have him as the number one recruit in the country. He's a Louisiana native. One of the best defensive line body types in this recruiting class. He is trending towards what is likely a decision between LSU and Georgia. Despite the awful year LSU has had on the defensive side of the ball, Smith sees himself as a fit in the LSU scheme. The uh, crystal ball 24-7 sports favorite is LSU. Here was Sam Spiegelman on Mason Smith.
0: Mason has a final five of LSU, Georgia, Bama, Florida, and Miami. From, from what I understand, it's, it's going to be an SEC team. He's going to play on the SEC on Saturdays. Alabama, Georgia, LSU, you know, from what I understand are are really at the forefront. Florida was in it at one point. Miami was in it at a certain point. They're not completely out of it, but as the decision winds down, you know, your focus is on the real contenders and he's got strong ties to each of those three SEC
1: schools. So that again, Sam Spiegelman of Rivals.com. A few other guys to keep an eye on today across the conference. Five-star outside linebacker, Xavier Sori. Sori is one of the most athletic linebackers in this class. Great length, great versatility, playmaking ability. Georgia, Florida, and Alabama are the top contenders ahead of the five-stars decision. All three programs are on a defense that fits his skill set. But despite strong efforts out of Florida linebacker coach Christian Robinson and Alabama's South Cincere, the group effort of Georgia appears to have the momentum as the decision approaches. We'll see if he ends up at Georgia, but that's where some of the guys over at 24-7 Sports thinks he will end up. Another guy to keep an eye on, four-star defensive lineman, Tumise Adelier. He was a one-time Ohio State commit. He's a Texas native, but it looks like he is headed to The SEC, he took an unofficial visit to Florida recently, and Alabama has been in this one for a long time. But Texas A&M seems to have the most buzz for the long-arm, versatile defensive lineman. A 24-7 crystal ball is trending heavily for the Aggies, and if you look at Jimbo Fisher's recent success, especially on that defensive front, a Tumise Adelier could be a Texas A&M Aggie. And one other name to keep an eye on today as far as recruiting goes, four-star running back Armani Goodwin. He comes from an Auburn-friendly high school in the state of Alabama, and he has been committed for the majority of his recruitment to Auburn, but he opened things back up even before Gus Malzahn was fired. Auburn may still get Goodwin back in the boat, but the small explosive back is also taking a hard look at LSU. And whether it's due to the coaching uncertainty or not, LSU could win this one out. So four-star running back Armani Goodwin looks like either Auburn or LSU. And those are some of the big names to keep an eye on in the recruiting circles today. Unfortunately, because we tape, it's hard to uh, uh, give you the latest on where all these kids end up. But on tomorrow's show, we'll kind of do a quick recap of where some of the biggest names went and obviously what it means across the SEC. Big ramifications there on where all these kids end up signing because let's face it if they end up at SEC schools we're going to hear these names in a couple of years I can remember back to hearing the decisions on Devonte Smith and Tua Tagovailoa and John Emery and you know face it all the big names across the conference big decisions were made on signing day and now we get those two we get national early signing day which you do the bulk of your work now And then the regular signing day coming the first week of February. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. My thanks to Luke Robinson for joining us tomorrow on the show. You do not want to miss it. We'll talk with Chris Stewart. We'll talk with Zach Goodall. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll continue to preview the SEC championship game between Florida and Alabama this weekend. Also, we'll start to take a look at some of the other games in the SEC. LSU will Miss wrapping up their season. Tennessee Volunteers hoping to play spoiler against the Aggies. Much more to discuss. We'll do it all tomorrow on Locked on SEC.